The interview question of the day comes from our guest speaker, Lauren Norris. How are you able to manage all of the things that you do in your life while holding a title? Today's sponsor is MB Designs. You can shop her earrings at Shop MB Designs on Instagram or www.shopmbdesigns.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson, and today we have another special guest, and she's going to introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I'm Lauren Norris. I am a full-time content creator and YouTuber, as well as a senior at the University of Alabama. I am a Pi Beta Phi here, so I am involved in Greek life, and just recently also started the hobby of pageantry, and that is how I met Casey and how I'm on here today, and I'm so excited to talk to y'all more today and let you hear a little bit more about me. Absolutely, Lauren. Well, I'm so glad to have you on today, and we actually ran into each other at Ideal Miss in Alpharetta, Georgia, a few months ago now when you were competing, I was helping MB Design sell some earrings at the pageant because she's one of their big sponsors. And I want to start by talking about that experience. And then we're going to talk about the rest of your life because you have a very interesting life. What was it like competing at Ideal Miss? It's only their second year doing it. So what was that like being a contestant? Yeah, it was very fun. I had a really fun time. I met a lot of really nice girls. I had like a lot of fun that whole weekend. Like everyone was just very supportive and encouraging. And this was only like the second pageant really that I've done. So it was still kind of new to me. So I guess it kind of worked out in my favor because I didn't really know what to expect because I don't really expect a lot from pageants because I don't really know what to So it was a lot of fun. I absolutely loved the weekend and it was close to my hometown. I'm from Alabama. So it was like a short two, three hour drive. So that was also really nice. Fun. Yeah. So Ideal Miss was a very interesting pageant. And I say that in a positive way rather than a negative way. The setup of production, the parties, like they put every thought and aspect into everything they did. It was amazing from, you know, making sure each girl had a crumble cookie. That was one of the big things. They kept passing out these crumble cookies. I'm like, people, like, I'm going to get chunky over here. Like, you can I know. <laughs> but going away from the pageant world for a second, you recently went to New York Fashion Week. Like, let's talk about that side of your entire life, being a YouTuber while also being in college. How do you balance that lifestyle? What is that like for you? Yeah, it's a lot of time management. For sure. It has been difficult in some time, like in some areas, and sometimes it's more difficult than others. Definitely like this week has hit me more because I just got back from New York Fashion Week, which was so much fun. It was my first week ever going and I got invited by Sherry Hill and Revolve. So I got to go see the Sherry Hill show. It was so phenomenal and to the Revolve Gallery. Um, got to spend like a little weekend getaway in New York. And that's like my favorite place to visit. And I swear I want to live there one day. I love New York City. So it was absolutely fabulous just seeing, you know, the collections and the different people there. It was just so much fun. But being a full time YouTuber and college student is very time consuming. I'm taking 18 hours this semester as a senior. So it is like work overload for sure. Like definitely making sure I take time out for myself for my mental health, physical health, um, making sure I'm not just a hermit and stay inside all the time, like definitely making sure I go to workout classes or, you know, lunch with friends, going out of the house to go grab a coffee, like on busier days, making sure that I definitely keep myself first is very, very important. So with doing all of this, what do you do in your free time when you're not filming yourself or not doing editing? What do you do when it's just you time? 
Yes. So I love watching Dance Moms. It's my guilty pleasure. It is my favorite like comfort show. I always have it on. Even when I'm editing, I'll still be like watching Dance Moms. That is definitely something I love doing. But I also love hanging out with my friends and my boyfriend, Will. Um, My boyfriend, Will, is in my hometown in Montgomery. So he's like about a two and a half hour drive. So if I do have a free weekend, so like this weekend, I'm going to the Auburn game. I'm an Alabama fan. So ooh, I don't want to go to this Auburn game, but I'm going for him and his family. Um, so like when I have off weekends like that, I definitely love spending time with people that I love and enjoy spending time with and having that kind of connection with them. So with doing all of these, you know, brand trips and stuff, what has been your favorite brand to work with or brand that's done like an amazing trip with you? Yes. So this one really isn't a brand. It was more of a person. So going back to Dance Moms, I don't know if you're familiar with Dance Moms or anyone listening familiar with Dance Moms, but Christy Lukasiak, Chloe's mom, I worked with her, I think it was last year on her new planner. Um, and I actually met her on a sorority group, like Zoom. She was doing like a Q&A, like informational session. And I like asked a question and I guess my question or like I stood out to her. She followed me on Instagram, asked me, you know, if I would get on a business call and she was so fabulous. And like my inner dance moms fan girl just like freaked out, but like getting to work with her and her team was so much fun. Like the content to shoot was fun. I absolutely love planning out my life. I obviously have to because of my crazy schedule. So getting that beginner or begin planner and just being there and being able to like chat with Christy I like that was like the highlight of my entire life. It was so much fun. So if you could be any person on Dance Moms, who would you be? Oh my gosh. Well, Maddie was the favorite. So I feel like I would want to be the favorite. So like I I wouldn't like get like bashed. But no, because I even listened to their podcast too. Because like they've been recapping all the episodes. So it's been it's been interesting to hear like the inside tea of everything that you don't see. That is one of the interesting sides now being, I feel like it's like a behind the scenes view of like the pageant world. The tea that is behind it that like you can't talk about. It's not that like you're not allowed to, it's just best not to. Craziness between Miss USA system, Miss Universe being for sale, like all of this wildness, who works with who now, who doesn't work with who. Very interesting stuff that you get to see from behind the scenes that you would have never expected. Going back to the world of pageantry, what other systems have you competed in other than the ideal system? So I, my first ever pageant was actually Alabama USA, but I really don't count it because I had just gotten out a, of a very toxic and abusive relationship. And I was trying to find something to do for myself, like to make myself have more confidence and just like be me and not have to like be or like better for someone else. Like I wanted to be me for me and do this for me. And so I competed with literally like no training. I never had worn heels like before that, like literally was just up there to have a great time. Like didn't make top 15, didn't do anything. I was like at just the beginning of the age category for the miss. So I was like the youngest person competing, but I still like the girls that I met there, I still keep in contact with today. So I competed in that system. I don't really count it because I really I wasn't prepped at all for it. I just kind of went there one weekend just because it gave me something to do. Um, But I had the opportunity to go to National American Miss. So they needed an Alabama Miss state title holder. Um, So it was an appointed title. So I didn't really have to compete, but I still had to compete. I still had to do like an interview, like kind of online resume introduction, stuff like that. So I still competed, but it wasn't like in-person competition. Um, Got like, I guess, appointed the Alabama title. Um, 
figured that I needed to be more prepped this time than the last time because I was like, if I'm going to be pouring in, you know, my own money and, you know, spending a th- my Thanksgiving week at National American Miss, I should probably take this seriously. Um, so I guess I think it was Katie Ruth found out, which was the reigning queen, found out that I was competing because I ordered something and she helped like with the orders or whatever. And she was like, Oh my gosh, like, I'm so excited to see that you're competing. If you need any help, let me know. And she was training with Amanda Moreno young. And she was like, you know, if you need a pageant coach, she's here. Amanda reached out to me, absolutely fell in love with Amanda. And she helped me coaching wise, like for national American miss. And I would not have done as well as I did. If it wasn't for Amanda, I went to national American miss. Keep in mind, I feel like girls who do NAM. They do it for like their whole life. Like everyone knew everyone. I felt very out of place, out of sorts. Like I vlogged my whole entire experience. And to say that it was like the best positive experience, it wasn't because of how people treated me. But the system as a whole, I loved the, you know, people that ran it. Not every girl was rude, but there were some things that happened that kind of just like stumped me and I wasn't expecting but ended up getting first runner up at National American Miss. And I was like, what the heck is even going on? It was absolutely insane. And after that, I kind of just like had a pageant bug. I was like, you know what? I want to do something. I don't know what I want to do. Um, and that's when Amanda recommended Ideal Miss. Um, and that was coming up pretty quickly after Nationals. Um, so I signed up for that, got the Alabama title, and then went to Nationals there. Wow. I wish people could see our facials during this because like when I'm talking, you're like, wow. And then when you're talking, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I wish I could see our facials because this is priceless. Cause when you said you made first runner up, this was like basically your second pageant going in as an appointed title. Like that is almost like wild card status where it's like you went in and you did the dang thing. Like you're like, I'm here to play. I absolutely love like, that is so awesome. Lauren, like so amazing. Like that is so amazing. Like, I'm so proud of you. And I know like we barely even know each other that well, but like, that's so awesome. Like you have no idea how amazing that is. But from that experience, you did mention there was a little bit of negativity. And of course, like coming into pageants, one, you're a beautiful girl. People, you know, they don't know what to expect. They're a little intimidated. You, I don't know if you had your, your following back then, but it's like, people are going to be intimidated by that for sure. So with all that intimidation, like, how is it like going day to day with having the YouTube and, you know, TikToks and Instagram? What is those emotions like for you? And how do you deal with the stress or those people on you? Yeah, one, in like my personal life, I try not to let negative things get to me, which again, sometimes it rolls off so nice. And sometimes it just sticks like none other. And you never see it coming either. Like it either you know, you just don't know what to expect. And, you know, one person can say one thing wrong, and you can have 50 other compliments. But that one negative is always going to like kind of outweigh the goodness. And it's always like, it's a conscious effort you have to make to not let these like little sour apples get to you, basically, because people can be very rude, especially on social media. Um, I mentioned that I'm in a sorority and not everyone in my sorority enjoys me and likes me because of my following. And that's fine. Like I do this for me. And when I started my YouTube channel, I didn't start because, oh, I want to be famous. Oh, I want to do this. Like I started it for me and have it be a video log. And now I am blessed that it has grown to the platform that it is now. But I never started with that in my mind. So I wasn't expecting the hate to get from it either because I didn't expect it to blow up. But 
definitely trying to balance out like the negativity and stuff like that in my regular life. I feel like it was a little bit easier to do that in my normal life than in pageantry because in pageantry, it normally happens like the week or weekend of pageants and you're already so stressed. You're sleep deprived. Like, you know, everything is just going on and you're so anxious and having someone be rude to you or say snide comments or lie to you or, you know, try and sabotage you. Like it hits more because first off, it's not an online thing anymore. You know, it might go back to your online presence and what you do online, but now it's like a personal in-person thing. So I feel like that was difficult for me to understand. I was like, oh my gosh, like, cause I don't see myself as like a threat. I mean, like you said, this is my second pageant. Like I was there to have fun. Like, yes, I wanted to have coaching. I wanted to be prepared, but I was there to have fun and make friends and have memories. And so it was like, I just see me as Lauren, like just Lauren and just Lauren is enough. You know, like that's what Amanda has to keep reminding me. Like besides like throw away everything like of my social media platforms and just look at yourself like you yourself without anything else is enough and definitely trying to keep that in my mind has helped me throughout a lot of those experiences so starting with your youtube how did that come into play you said you're just doing it for fun doing it for yourself what kind of was that pivotal moment where you realized like oh this just got big Yeah. So I started my freshman year. My first video was me moving into my college dorm. And like I said, I wanted it to be a video log. I wanted to go back and look at myself, you know, rushing, going through school. And I actually was a non-traditional student. So after high school, I didn't have the financial availability to go to college. So I took a couple of gap years. I worked full time. You know, I really just focused in on myself. Again, I was getting out of that abusive, toxic relationship. So I was really doing a lot of self-discovery, a lot of, you know, just healing in certain aspects. And so I went to college starting at age 21. That's when I was actually a freshman. So that was a completely other experience where I wanted to see myself, you know, I had a better head on my shoulders, I would say than I would be if I was going into school at 17 or 18. um, And wanted just to video document everything and wanted to rush. And I think the first video that kind of like, went kind of big was my rush week vlog. And that was like my second vlog that I had done. So my channel was already getting attention and I was like, okay, I could start posting like, you know, every week. So I, you know, started posting every week, started gaining traction and found out I can actually make a paycheck from this. So within a month of being on YouTube, I had my first paycheck and with my first paycheck, it was just enough, literally the perfect amount of money to buy a first camera. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to spend my whole entire paycheck on a camera. Like keep in mind, I was a, you know, poor freshman college student that like shouldn't really can't even afford to be here right now anyways like I'm about to spend this and I was just like it's an investment like I have to view it as an investment because I believe in myself and I believe in what I can do so I spent that money on that camera and that was kind of how it all started um started having better quality videos started focusing in made an upload schedule started pitching myself to brands um so that was my freshman year and moving into my sophomore year, I was going to be moving into my sorority house. And the summer going into my sophomore year, um, that was like right after COVID. So we had gotten sent home the semester before. Um, So I was very isolated. I was very alone. My content kind of suffered because I was focusing mainly on my college content. And obviously I was ripped from college to go back to my hometown. So I had a lot of self-doubt and I just wanted to quit YouTube. I was like, you know, have I plateaued? This isn't like, you know, I'm not growing. Like maybe people don't care. 
Um, and so then it kind of became more of like a business aspect in my mind. So that literally was like three weeks before I moved into my sorority house. Three weeks later, move in, post my video, hits 4 million views, like overnight sensation. Basically, I go from 20,000 followers or subscribers on YouTube to over 100K in the matter of like 20, 25 days. So it was like an instant, like, whoa, like what is happening? Like my channels were growing so much. My paycheck was growing. People were, you know, wanting to work with me. Tala agencies was reaching out to me. And so that was the biggest video that like really skyrocketed my channel that helped me, you know, actually make a full living from this, have multiple streams of income and also sign with a talent agency that helps with brand collaborations, emails, law things that I don't know about. Um, so that's basically how it started. And now it's literally my full-time job that I do. And I absolutely love it. So if someone was trying to get started in this, and I may be asking for myself, but what is the best thing? I know a lot of people on TikTok say like, find your niche, but like, what really would you give advice for how to actually get started? Yeah, I say ditch the niche, like completely ditch it. Because if you focus in so heavily on one niche, you're limiting yourself. You're limiting yourself to brands, to people, to companies, to travel opportunities, and really just like do whatever you want, because you'd be so shocked of how many people care about people's personal lives. Like, just think we're nosy. Like, we want to know everything. Like, that is why people watch YouTube videos, I swear, is because they're nosy about people's lives. They want to know, okay, what are they doing? What are they wearing? You know, like what's going on? And once you get so invested in someone's life, you really do care. And that's how you have these loyal followers. My biggest tip is consistency, like have an upload schedule, stick to that upload schedule. You know, if you do that and you say, okay, even if you can only post one day a week, post same day, same time every single week, and it'll help the YouTube algorithm. They're one like platform that really, really cares about the consistency and how you post your content. So for YouTube specifically, it's consistency. Wow, that's amazing. That's the first time I've ever heard from anyone that will tell me one thing. That's the big thing I have. Like people in my ear, like, oh, you have to do more pageant videos, have to do this. And I'm like, no, when my boyfriend, he's like, I don't like pageants. He was like, why would I listen to that? And he's like, but I'd listen to good people that are not very controversial, but it's like that have like a good, like deep dive into their life. And that's funny that you mentioned that because he was like, he's like, I'd be interested in the tea. And I'm like, you are a 25, six you know, six foot tall man, why would you be interested in someone's life? But you're right. You are so right. That's, oh gosh, that's so interesting. Well, I'm glad I asked that. But I know we talked about this a little bit before was kind of like that scheduling and how you get your lifestyle like in line. What would you recommend people to do to try to get their own personal schedules in line? Or how do they balance, you know, those type like the type of college and having to work lifestyles? I definitely love designating certain days. So for me, if it works with my school schedule, sometimes it doesn't. This semester, thankfully, it works. But like Tuesdays and Thursdays are my school days. So that's I literally have classes from 8 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. That is what I do. I am on campus all day. You know, if I have homework, I try to get it done the best I can on those two days where I can really focus in on my work, running errands, going to the grocery store on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, definitely giving yourself days off are important, especially when you start getting so wrapped up in it. Like it can be very easy to become a workaholic. So definitely giving yourself days off. Um, but finding a way that you can plan out your week and month is very important, whether it be digitally or on paper on a planner. 
between like keeping a schedule and making sure like you're staying kind of days ahead of schedule. Um, and one thing that I love doing is obviously making to-do lists. Like I normally kind of brain dump everything I need to do on one piece of paper. And then I'll go back on my to-do list and actually write it down like in order of importance, especially for schoolwork. Like, you know, when are these due dates done? Um, and I normally do that every week at like the start of the week. So I know exactly the assignments that I have due this week. You know, anything that I need done for my videos this week, content shoots, brand deal, you know, interviews, things like that um, to definitely try and stay on top of everything. Okay, this is kind of like a this or that part. And so would you rather take a photo on your camera or your iPhone? It depends on the time of day, which is so weird. The later it gets in the day, the more I gravitate towards my iPhone and the brighter it is, I want it to be more with my camera. But more than likely, I am more than happy to take pictures on my iPhone because it's literally almost the exact same quality as if you take it with the camera. Okay, would you rather make a Instagram reel or like the little short videos on YouTube? I've never made one on YouTube, so Instagram reel. I know. <laughs> okay, would you rather do a reel on Instagram or a TikTok? TikTok, for sure. I feel like social media platforms are trying too much to be alike. And we like the platforms for what they are. So like, just let everyone be their own thing. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So a lot of people, this is just like deep dive, but a lot of people love an Amazon storefront. What is your favorite thing in your Amazon storefront? Ooh. Okay. So I have like a little, I think it's called like fitness or workout. I have a pink foldable treadmill and it is so cute. It's perfect if you're a college student or, or in like a small apartment and you can't have like this massive treadmill. It was quite affordable too. But like it's pink and white. It's so cute. And it's so fun to just have in here, especially if it's hot or if it's raining and you still want to get your hot girl walk. It's listed on my Amazon storefront and it is so cute. Okay. I know you have your own merch. What was that like creating that for yourself? And you know, how did that process go with getting that done? Yes. So I have had now two rounds of merch, I think. Um, one was the empowered woman collection and that was my first launch of everything. And then the other one was, um, in support of domestic violence victims, um, and sexual assault victims, um, and survivors. Um, so there were two very different things, um, but they were so much fun. I never imagined that I would even have merch. Um, but it was so funny because when it started launching and everything, I had, you know, my friends help like with the photo shoots and be in it and, you know, all that stuff. I was so excited. And so many of my friends would like message me and they're like, this girl just walked into my Oakham class wearing like an LN sweatshirt or something. And I was like, that is so weird. Like on our campus, I was like, that is so weird. Like in my mind, like no one watches my videos. I'm just like, mm, I just post for myself. But like when you see people wear that, I don't know where I was. I think I was in Montana, like the oddest place. And someone was wearing my merch and I went up to her and I was like, oh my gosh, like you're wearing my merch. Like, thank you so much for wearing it. And she like freaked out. And I was like, how odd for me to find someone in the middle of Montana wearing this shirt. Like it was absolutely insane. But I loved seeing where everything also went like in the world because we did worldwide shipping. So it, that was really awesome. Okay, so going off of that, have you ever had like a really good experience like meeting a fan or something crazy go with meeting any of your fans? 
Yes. Nothing crazy. I get stopped a lot actually on campus, like walking to classes from people. Um, I think it also helps because I have like this bright pink book bag that I always have. And I'm always, always dressed like in hot pink. So I'm just like a hot pink blob, just like a blob with a vlog, just like walking on campus. Um, but I think the cutest one that I had was, I think this girl's like mom or aunt or someone reach out to me and they're like, hi, like, you know, this little girl wants to meet you. Like we're going to be there at, for the game. It was during a football game. And I was like, okay, like if you want to meet at the sorority house, like feel free. Um, I can come outside. I can show you inside the sorority house. I think her name was like Callie, Kaylee. I think it was Callie. And she was so cute. She was a little pageant girl too. And she had this like thick Southern accent and she dressed just like me. Like she, I gave her like a little pie pie sticker. Like it was literally the cutest thing. I followed her immediately after I was like, you are literally so precious. It was so fun. Like meeting younger subscribers like that is so fun. Cause they make you feel like you're Hannah Montana or something. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm like literally the most important person in the world to this person. And it's so awesome meeting like those younger subscribers. Okay. How have you overcome like people? It's like the awkwardness of like holding the camera and walking and vlogging. Have you overcome that fear or is this something you had to work through? Oh, definitely working still through it. Um, there are times where it's like easier than others. Again, it's like the hate comments. Like some days it's easy. Some days it's not. Um, obviously like my vlog camera is right here. Like it's pretty large. And then I have like a big poof mic on it normally, like, especially when I'm walking outside if there's not that many people outside, I'm like, okay, I got this. Um, but to help me overcome it, I'm just like, okay, Lauren, this is your job. Like you do this for a living. This is your paycheck. Like you have to do this. Like, it's not weird. Like <laughs> just do it. So some days it's easier than others. Um, I definitely have gotten better. And someone even commented that on my video. I think it, my video on Monday, they were like, I'm so proud of you for vlogging on campus. I was like, thank you for noticing. <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. That's always one of my big questions to ask like some type of influencer or a YouTuber. Like, you know, is it ever awkward? Cause I, I tried that whole like YouTubing and set my parents like, can you please stop taking videos at the dinner table? Like this is uncomfortable for everyone in the room. <laughs> yes. Been there, done that. Oh yes. But going forward, I want people to, to be able to find your YouTube and your channel. So if you want to tell them your YouTube handle, your Instagram handles, or if you have a Facebook group, you're welcome to do this little self-plug time right now. <laughs> yes. So on TikTok and Instagram, it is just the Lauren Norris. Um, and on YouTube, I believe that it's just youtube.com slash Lauren Norris. Um, it might be the Lauren Norris, but pretty much everything is just strictly underneath my name. Perfect. And if there's any brands that want to reach out or contact you, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yes. So you can reach out to my talent manager. Um, that email is on my Instagram as well as linked in every single YouTube video in the description um, where you can just copy and paste that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for being here today. And I have one final question for you. Are you ready? Alrighty. In what way has pageants positively impacted you? I feel like definitely the connection that I have with other people and finding people of different places. Um, just like getting to connect to them and finding what is alike in certain areas and how we can kind of bond over certain things. Uh, it could be the littlest thing or the biggest thing, but definitely meeting these people um, and still keeping in contact with them and keeping up with their life and really just having like a lifelong friend.
That is so awesome. But again, thank you, Lauren, so much for being here today. And guys, if you ever want to reach out to Lauren, she I will put all of her stuff in the bio of this episode as well on the Instagram in the caption. But you know, guys, you never know what happens in the future. So I guess we'll have to check out next week on another episode of The Crowning Moment. Bye, guys. Thank you.